Good morning. Welcome to the Monday Hustle. My name is Malcolm. I am your host for today's episode and probably for every single episode you listen to from here on out. For those of you that are returning, I want to apologize for my hiatus for the past couple weeks. Life got in the way, as most of you probably know. And um, for those of you that are coming for your first time here at the Monday Hustle, I want to welcome you with open arms and just give you an idea of what the Monday Hustle is all about. The Monday Hustle is a show in which I get to entertain and put on for you, the listeners, and express myself in a way that can hopefully inspire you, motivate you, or even just give you a little bit of insight based off of my own personal experiences or those of people that have been close to me or someone that I may have had a conversation with. We're here to dive into the uncommon conversations, the uncomfortable conversations, and just being as authentic and as real as I possibly can be with my audience Because I feel that transparency is the only way for us to truly evolve as human beings. I find that as long as I stay honest within myself and what I speak, who I speak to, and how I present myself, I find life to just be a little bit easier. Because we all know how to lie We all know how to almost believe the things that we tell ourselves. Sometimes I feel that for a long time, when I would lie to myself or lie to other people for many years, you start to lose a little bit of your character and who you are and what you stand for. You know, that narrative gets twisted to a point where You no longer can really recognize yourself in the mirror and you consistently battle between the person that you want to be and the person that everyone else wants you to be. I find that truth makes it a lot easier to kind of go through your day because there aren't any gray areas, very black and white, ones and zeros. Binary, super simple to follow by being honest and truthful and authentic and real and raw and understanding that with that comes some negative connotations because people don't like honesty. They say they do. But let's be honest. If you were to tell somebody how you really feel nine times out of ten, people may get offended People don't like to hear about themselves. They may believe it already or know it, but they don't like to hear it from other people because then it makes it true. Then they have to address or confront the situation at hand. And then they have to essentially find a way to wiggle their way or maneuver their way out of the conversation or out of the narrative, brush it off, allow it to go on for another couple years, you know, but they'll think about it. So I find it to be very important, imperative, actually, to voice uh, your truth 
as long as someone asks. One thing that I struggle with is uh, being mindful of when I have to actually speak my truth. Uh, because not everybody wants your opinion or your fact, you know. But when asked, I find it to be uh, our duty to be honest and do not leave anything off the table if you truly care about the growth and evolution of the people you surround yourself with or even just humanity in and of itself. If you do not be honest and if you are not true to thyself or to your brothers and sisters, we cannot grow because what happens is we continuously believe that everything is okay. We believe that what it is that we're doing has been working and consistently will, will still work. And that no matter what, if people continue to give you positive feedback and not honest feedback, you're never going to change what you've been doing. And it's almost detrimental to your growth, I believe. I would much rather somebody tell me that I was being an asshole and not by me being honest, be considered an asshole, but me actually being an asshole. Hey, you were probably a little bit too arrogant or aggressive in the way that you did X, Y. Um, but I find it to be humbling when you're able to be honest with yourself and critique yourself openly, publicly, and allow people to uh, feel comfortable with doing the same. Not disrespectful, but just being honest and open with the way that you may have carried yourself or the things that you might have said, and they're able to have conversations with things that may have bothered them. Um, it's just a good conversation to have with yourself. Um, the past couple weeks have been interesting. Where has the Monday hustle been for two weeks? Well, I've been studying. I've been studying human behavior. I've been uh, studying uh, the way people can converse amongst each other, conduct themselves in public and private, not spying, but you get the gist. I've been observing from afar and also close. I've been trying to find answers, reflecting within myself and within the things that are going on in today's world. And when I say world, I mean the U.S., because that's, that's my world that I live in. Um, and the issues that uh, have risen, um, obviously, is a tough conversation to have. And I actually wasn't even going to, to make my voice public because... I didn't feel that I had uh, the necessary information, the tools, the statistics to speak upon um, how I feel. And I did not want to address this with feeling. I wanted to address this with truth, with truth, with my truth, um, which is going to be the topic of today's conversation. And it's, uh, it's about knowing your truth. You know, finding what's true to you and sticking 
by what's true to you, despite anybody else's um, opinions, values, morals. Finding your truth, I think, is, um, is what's most important. There are things that we can agree on as a whole, I believe. Um, but the nuances to that conversation, I feel, um, are a derivative of, of your truth. During this lockdown, um, I, I wish that I can explain to you exactly how I felt or feel or felt feeling. I'm not sure. But there was very, there was a countless amount of times where I could not sleep. I could not focus. I could not create. I could not function. Um, and I wouldn't even call it depression. It was just uh, overstimulation, you know. Uh, I have a tendency to, to feel, hear, see um, everything all at once. And sometimes it's a great thing to have. It's sometimes uh, it's overwhelming. Um, and some people may feel the same way. Some may not. Some may haven't felt a damn thing. And that's perfectly fine, too. Because, again, that is your truth. So I wrote something. And I wrote it because it was basically a flood of emotions that consistently kept pouring over me. And, I, and I, it was the only way that I was able to actually lie down um, after writing this. And it isn't completed. But I would like to recite it for you. And then... We'll continue. The name of this poem is called Obligation. I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted because I feel an obligation to choose. Choose between one or the other. Your side or my side. Their side or our side. This side or that side. And I feel cornered. I'm at a loss for words with so much to say. I feel suffocated by my thoughts and my emotions. Thoughts of life before and where it's headed. There is no balance. There are only extremes. There is no middle ground. Just those that stand above and the rest that are beneath. So where do I belong? Where does my heart lie? It lies still and empty. Staring off into the distance without a sound. Yet chaos surrounds me. There is a disconnect amongst human connection, yet connections are consistently through our hands. Information flows like a river through my head, and I'm afraid. I'm afraid of the unforeseeable future. Anxiety is at an all-time high, and I feel paralyzed. No escape, no outlet, no choice. I'm afraid. Afraid I cannot make a difference. Afraid I will not be around to witness a change. I dwell in the chaos and I am consumed by a plethora of demons. So what am I to do? Who am I to speak to? Where do I begin? I'm afraid. I'm disgusted. I'm irate. There is peace within the innocence of our children. There is peace within the land not overran by society. There is order amongst Mother Nature, but no direction within myself. So where do I begin? I'm conflicted. I cannot sleep. 
Whereas every time I shut my eyes, I see. I cannot think. Whereas my thoughts feel captive by what's going on around me. I cannot sit still. Because when I do, I feel helpless. It feels wrong. Why am I not in the same shoes as my brothers and sisters? Am I selfish? Is it my fault? Do I deserve this? I'm conflicted. I feel an overwhelming sense of passion, rage, and uncertainty. So what am I to do? I cannot escape this world, but I feel that I have to. I want peace. I want life. I want hope. I fear for the necessity. The necessity for change will begin with madness. It will bring turmoil, bloodshed, and ultimately destruction. A new road must be paved, but at what cost? Where is the line, and who gets to cross? I feel obligated. I feel obligated to do what is right. Is my right definitive, definitive of God's? Or my own desires selfishly driven by my own personal gain? How can I tell the difference? I cannot. And for that, I am sorry. What lies heavy in my heart is a burden, and I need it to be lifted, so I'm asking for help. Please, help us. I'm tired. I'm tired of being sick. I'm tired of being tired. Love is an emotion that we rarely have understood and love lacks. But love is fruitful when your arms are open, when your hearts are full. Love starts in our home, physical and spiritual. Without it, there is no base. There is no structure. End. Now that is sums entirely my thoughts on my way that I feel and have felt and my truth. That is what it is. That is the beginning of the feeling that consistently occurs. Not as much, not as present as it was when I wrote it, but to give you some context of where my head is at. We're facing and still actively dealing with a global pandemic, civil injustice, and depression. I, I find that everyone is on the same page, yet everyone has different narratives. There are so many struggles and obstacles that have come with this pandemic. The adversity that people have actually had to go through with no work. And for those that do work, maybe limited pay if they're working for cash, um, um, the shutdown of many companies. I know, I know companies that, that small businesses that aren't coming back. I know people that have taken advantage of the system. I know people that are willing to collect unemployment and never go back to work because they were making more money and they're willing to go and tell their jobs that they're afraid of COVID-19, that's why they're not going to go back and they're going to continue to feed off of the government while there are people out there that don't have the opportunity to get unemployment. There are people out there that have been denied assistance, that have families, that have children, that have responsibilities, and you have people who are almost in a state where they are privileged to take advantage of the system whilst still making money or whilst still working. And I don't agree with that. That 40% of people here in Florida that actually applied for unemployment during, corona, 
during coronavirus and still dealing with it have not been accepted are trying to find ways to make money or make ends meet. And because everything seems to be illegal to do now because everything is closed and you can't function, then people are literally losing their houses. Literally losing everything that they work so hard for, losing hundreds of thousands of dollars. My mother alone, you know. Lost like $40,000. I lost two jobs because of coronavirus. You know, two opportunities because of coronavirus. You know, and then we get back to work and it's like nobody wants to go out, obviously. And then you have people that are taking advantage of the system and they don't care because everything is fake. It's a conspiracy theory. So they don't give a fuck about anybody else except themselves. So now we're back to square one. It's a, it's a hamster wheel. Because people don't want to take the precaution because they're selfish and don't give a fuck about anybody besides themselves until something happens to them or someone they love. I get it. I get it, okay? I understand. Yeah, it's not me. I'm fucking big, bad, and powerful. I'm Superman. Nothing's going to happen to me. You're absolutely right. It may not, but it's not about you. It's about everyone else around you. It's about us as a, as a community. It's about us as a whole. Finding a way to get back to some sort of normalcy. Will things even go back to normal? Life has changed so drastically to me that it feels like it literally happened overnight so fast so fast that going out in public the new norm is staying away from people hand sanitizer everywhere and you everywhere you go everyone wearing masks everyone for the most part businesses like taking the precaution to make sure that people feel comfortable and people feel safe and the regular topic of conversation is did you sanitize that? Because everybody is so afraid. Everybody's anxiety is so high and it's like we're in a fucking state of uncertainty and you have people out here who aren't trying to calm that. Instead, just adding fuel to the fire because nobody gives a fuck because it's not them. Hundred nine thousand one hundred and eighty-eight deaths in the United States alone due to COVID-19. 109,000. It's an impressive number. (sighs) Now the civil injustice in the U.S., globally, I mean, I can only speak from experience, you know, I never actually saw racism uh, as an apparent issue. And uh, again, this is my truth. You can be appalled by that. You could be ashamed, whatever it is. I don't give a fuck about your opinion about what I went through in my life. I never saw racism as an apparent issue because I never looked at it as a broad stroke 
if I had an altercation with someone um, that was a racist, me and my friends or myself would handle it appropriately and just keep it moving. Never once did I go and say, man, all white people are racist. Man, I feel so oppressed as a black man in America. Oh my God, it, all white people are out to get me. Never, never. On a case-by-case basis is how I handled racism in my life and in my experiences. I'm a very, very, very firm believer and advocate of you have to give respect in order to receive respect despite the color of your skin. I was actually always the first person to be in a room full of white people and be like, oh, I'm the only black person here. And I get it. People act weird. The microaggressions or whatever it's actually the word for it's called, you know. Um, But even myself, you know, you adapt. You're like a chameleon, you know. You don't necessarily act differently doing or hanging around certain people, but you act accordingly considering, you know, your circumstances or where you're at or your environment. You know what I'm saying? There's a time and a place for everything. Um, I've had many interactions with, uh, with law enforcement, good and bad, actually. Uh, I remember this one time I'll give you, I'll give you, um, um, what the hell? I'll give you two bad accidents and then two very good incidents or, uh, um, interactions that I've had with law enforcement. The first two, uh, bad uh, I remember we were driving, I want to say down in Coral Springs here in Florida, and uh, I think we were, we were listening to the song, uh, Fuck the Police, and I thought it'd be a great idea as we're drinking in the car, underage at that, um, and hang out the window while these cops were pulling over somebody or doing some sort of investigation, where the fuck they were doing, and I screamed out the window, fuck the police, and uh, next thing I know, I see in the back of our, in the back of the, in the rear view that the cops like skirted off the position of where they were and they were coming after us. So we, we hit a right and we started throwing the beer bottles out of the car and then we get pulled over and, uh, and um, yeah, you know, the, the police obviously, you know, talk their shit, walk their walk, you know, fucking big dick swinging and chest pumped up in the air and did their thing. But, you know, that's something that we brought onto ourselves, well, that I brought onto the group by screaming, fuck the police. And, 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 and anybody could have looked at that situation by the way that they were conducting themselves um, from the outside perspective and been like, yo, that's police brutality. That's police this, 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 and this. But it's like, you don't see what happened prior. You don't see that. You didn't see the fact that I would scream it out the window while we're fucking drinking, hanging out the car, um, screaming, fuck the police. You know what I'm saying? Um, you don't see that, but it could have been very easily, um, the situation could have been manipulated and been like, oh, the cops are doing this. It's a he said, she said, so on and so forth. Well, you bring that upon yourself, you know? Um, But this is also in retrospect, you know, looking back, I was able to actually reflect on it and be like, yo, that was definitely, you know, my fault for sure. 
Um, I brought that upon myself. And that's with maturity and wisdom comes in. Um, the next time I remember we were driving through a neighborhood and I guess we weren't allowed to drive through that neighborhood because we got pulled over and the cop was giving us a bunch of shit. And I remember specifically uh, them searching the car. I believe it was they were searching the car without good reason. And I told my homie, like, yo, did you give them consent to search your car? And I remember them specifically saying to me, excuse me, I don't need no consent to search your car. I said, yes, the fuck you do, because if not and something happens, all I'm going to do is just tell my lawyer that you never got consent to search his car. And he just wanted to fucking, you know, the same thing. Big dick swinging, chest pumping out, blah, blah, blah. So I'm in the backseat of the car. We had a Dutch in there and he was trying to, you know, make a scene that, you know, we can't have cigars and so on and so forth. So he tells me to roll down the window. Um, I crack it, you know, obviously being a little shithead, crack it. I told you around the window. I said, I rolled it down. What do you need to say? You need to roll it down all the way. I'm going to arrest you for whatever bullshit that they said. And uh, so I rolled it down enough for him to go. And he grabs the cigars and he crushes them up in his hand and throws them all over me. And I was literally about to get out of the car. And uh, I was about to swing on this man. Not even going to lie. Because to me, it's like, I don't know. I don't really look at it as like, great, you have a badge, you got a gun, whatever. But like respect is given you know, and respect is earned and earned either way. I don't, I don't think that you're better than me, but I guess that's kind of like when it comes to me having, I don't know, I don't, I'm not really good with authority. I don't like people that abuse power, you know? And, um, so I didn't fuck with it at all. Obviously the three other homies that are, or two other homies in the backseat, like, you know, grabbed me and just like, yo, just stay in the car. Don't even worry about it. We drove off and whatever. Two other times. I was intoxicated, probably did some drugs, definitely did some drugs. I was driving without a license under the age of 21 in Hollywood. Probably booking 70 in a 45, 60, 60, 70 in a 45. And I remember uh, someone telling me that the light, we had to stop or something. It was a green light. I slammed on the brakes on the intersection, looked to my left, there's a cop there. And then I kept driving. We get pulled over. Okay. Ah. <sighs> We get pulled over. Hollywood PD comes up to the car. It's one person. It's like, I think it's five of us, two girls, three guys. One dude just got back from the Marines. He was sober. Everybody else was faded. The cops literally fucked with us for a very long time while we were there, trying to figure out who was the most fucked up one, having us do the sobriety tests and shit like that, and just letting us make a fool of ourselves and trying to prove a point. This cop... These cops um, basically made a deal with uh, our friend who was sober to promise and to make sure that obviously he would be able to be the one driving to take us home because he knew the repercussions that come with what was about to happen had we have gotten arrested or myself getting arrested without a license, drinking and driving, you know, all the above. What could have happened then? You know, and also, you know, the, the, the potential of actually, you know, killing somebody or even killing myself or all the people in the car as well, you know, and they followed us back to where we were and, and, and we were able, you know, that was a, a life-saving moment, you know, that the cops were willing to look out for us after we made an idiotic decision to do what we did. Um, yeah, and that, and that happened, so... 
Final incident. Positive. Started off very negative because, you know, like you like you see on the news now, everything could be um, taken out of context. But I'm going to give you I'm going to give you I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this to you because this is just some perspective. All right. So I was out at a bar and uh, we we're me and my buddies were playing pool. Well, my buddy was playing pool. They were playing for money. Uh, something happened. Long story short, where the guy was supposed to owe him and he was like, yo, I'll just buy you your drinks. And it was me and maybe two other, maybe there's probably like three of us total. And I remember it was a bunch of FSU kids, FSU fraternity kids that were at this bar, probably like 15 of them. And being in many, many incidents, incidences, instances where um, the majority always tries to take over the minority. And so I was prepared to do whatever it took to make sure that myself and my homie were safe. So they get into a little argument, like a minor argument at the bar. And, and I see that this kid goes and pushes him while all of his other friends are behind him looking like they were, you know, about that life or whatever you want to call it. And so as soon as he pushed him, I obviously made the first move um, because that's what you need to do. You make the first move. You don't wait to get beat up. So I grabbed the kid by his by his collar and dragged him into a corner and, you know, beat his ass and broke his nose. And then I got, you know, caught by security. Um, and obviously, you know, they put me in a chokehold, did their thing, kicked me out, called the cops. And we were in the car. And uh, oh, after, mind you, after I did that, all the FSU kids then wanted to pretend like I was the bad guy. And they're like, no, man, what are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. After they were, you know, big dick swinging, chest pumping doing their thing um, and talking all this shit like, you know, they were going to do something. And I guess they just were taken aback that we there was three of us and, you know, we weren't going to back down just because you guys wanted to act like dickheads. So anyways, uh, we get in the car and we're getting ready to leave. And uh, a few of the FSU kids start running to the car. I guess they were trying to get the license plate or whatever. But my homie saw it, put the car back into the parking spot and we all got out the car um to go confront these kids outside and immediately when we got out of the car we got pulled up on by like five cops they all got out of the vehicle guns already drawn told us to get on the fucking ground and no hesitation not not even for a second did i think that my life was in danger i was like look they got guns pulled they want me to get down on the ground without hesitation went down got arrested Put us in handcuffs. Obviously, did the whole the whole nine ask questions. Again, an instance where things could have gone very very south for me. Um, you know, one of the other cops was you know just like me. You know, not necessarily born and raised on the street, but like you know, if you talk shit, like you're gonna get your ass beat. You know, that's just that's how it goes. And he dealt with a lot of kids growing up that were, you know, in the fraternity and thought they were better and did this, this, and they're fucking macho, macho. The kid said he wanted to press charges. And the cop basically was like, you know, look, I just have to go in, book you, and you can leave. You know, I'm not going to hold you in overnight. I got to do the paperwork because he says he wants to press charges. But nine times out of ten, these kids come down from college and they fucking always start a bunch of shit and they do this. And the cop was, the cop was white. Cop was white, very white. You know, and all the other kids in the fraternity, they were very white, too. 
their dads were lawyers and did all these things and so on and so forth. And I was black out of the group of them. And you know what? There was no injustice that happened amongst that period of time. This is just an experience that I had with law enforcement that I wouldn't say worked out in my favor, but it took care of me, you know? So no, I didn't automatically assume that all cops are bad. You know what I'm saying? So Again, it's circumstantial and case by case for me. You know, my interactions with law enforcement has has been good and bad, but not to the point where I just give a broad stroke. I'm sorry. I disagree with a lot of the shit that's been going on. I disagree with a lot of the fucking riots. I disagree a lot with the looting. I disagree with the violence. I disagree with anything that doesn't involve positive reinforcement. I disagree with anything that isn't making us as black Americans look like civilized human fucking beings. I'm sorry if that doesn't sit right with you. I am not going to sit here and tell you that I am 100% black lives matter and that's it. If you were not fucking conducting yourself like an adult, like a human being with some fucking sense, I do not want to associate myself with you or whatever the fuck you got going on. I also disagree with a lot of government policies as well. So there are two sides, three sides to every story. You know what I mean? There is your truth, their truth, and the truth. That's it. Um, but... So with that, I can understand both parties, both the Black Lives Movement, a.k.a. the people, and I can also understand the law enforcement and government side as well because I live in America, and granted, there are a lot of policies that are outdated, um, but for the most part, man, again, my truth America's done good for me, done right by me. And I'm a fucking proud American and a fucking patriot at that. And just like I say to anybody else that comes in from anywhere else in any other country and talks about how great their country is and comes into America, then listen, you can take your ass back to where you came from. You don't like it here, take your ass somewhere else. And I promise you, it may not, it may not be sunshine and rainbows elsewhere where you think, okay? Um, carry yourself like a civilized human being. That's it. And you won't be judged on a surface level. This goes for all people. You don't want to carry yourself and conduct yourself like a civilized human being. You are goddamn right. People are going to look at you a certain way. People are going to carry themselves much differently than you'd expect. And if you can't have some sort of common sense to realize that, then of course... You're going to feel like everything's against you because you want to come in. I've had people literally come into job interviews. This is just, I can't even make this shit up. I've literally had people come into job interviews with a dingy old tank top, uh, basketball shorts and slides and fucking tell me that, you know, they need a job. And I'm like, you don't even show me that you give a fuck enough about your personal hygiene that you think that I'm going to feel that you are going to take responsibility for your actions 
and give a fuck about everybody else's needs if you don't give a fuck about your own personal individual needs? Because what? Because I'm looking and I'm hiring, you think that you're just going to get it just because you strolled in here and showed face? You're not going to put effort into what goes on in your personal life. Don't think for a minute anybody else is going to take you seriously. Don't think for a fucking minute. I'm sorry. If you think that just because you, you're owed something, it's, you're, not, you're entitled. Just like everyone else sits here and says, oh, you're entitled this, you're privileged this, and so on and so forth, and whatever the case is, like, you need to, you need to start doing for you, boo. You need to start, you know, doing things that are going to make you better in society for yourself and for those around you. I've literally had people that look just like me be the same motherfuckers that turn and put a knife in my back. I had this guy, really good friend of mine. Uh, his name was uh, Gabe. I remember he was older than I was, and I think I first drank my first Budweiser with him when I was like, I don't know, maybe 14, 15-ish. Um, we became really good friends for a while. Uh, we fast forward a little bit. Uh, he came when I was um, when I was uh, living with a friend of mine who was uh, selling Wheaties, and he had people come to my house and rob us at gunpoint. Yeah. Yeah, talk about black-on-black crime. And I remember when that happened, telling myself that, damn, you could know somebody for, you know, seven plus years and never expect something like that to happen to you because y'all went through some shit. Y'all built memories. You know, I was actually willing when I was, I was under the age of 18, willing to take felony charges for, for, for a bunch of things that obviously weren't mine. Um, because I wanted to make sure he was good because he was looking on his like second strike or third strike or some shit like that. I don't know. He was already in trouble on probation. Didn't couldn't do a bunch of shit, and uh, I was willing to do that for him. You know, put my life on hold because loyalty is really important to me. And you know, we fast forward a couple years later, and he's the same. He's the same person that forgets that and and does exactly what he does that day. He obviously disappeared and never saw him ever again. Um. But like, you know, people are, are, are really trying to push this narrative about, uh, you know, supporting, supporting black people. And like, there's no, like, I'm going to get like, there, there is no respect in the hood. All right. And I know that from experience. There's no respect in the hood. There ain't no love for each other. There's no empowerment. There's just fucking hate, ignorance, jealousy, violence. People don't want to fucking see you win. They don't. Because when they do, they want a handout. And if you don't, then it's fuck you. There's no, there's no, there's none of that. There's none of that. Yo, my homies, da, 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 da. everybody's trying to outdo the other person when we're in the same motherfucking community. Who cares what the world says about you? I promise you this. If you're going to act the way that the world portrays you, then you already given them the upper hand. You're already giving them the upper hand. If you're going to do exactly what they expect you to do every single time, you lost. You lost. I'm sorry. And there's nothing you're going to do about it unless you actually try to change your behavior, 
change the way you handle yourself. Change the way you treat people in your own community. Jews stick with Jews. LBGTQ stick with each other. Women with women. Christians with Christians. There's unity. That's why they progress and move forward because it's a unified community because they share the same values. They share the same struggles. They share the same beliefs. They share each other. They want each other to win. That's it. I've never felt accepted by my own quote-unquote brothers and sisters. But that's my truth. And you don't got to believe in it. Have you felt the same way? And how do you handle that? You know? How many people actually care about your well-being? What's their true motive? You know? What's the consensus? What, what is it that we are trying to achieve? What is it that we're trying to attain as a community amongst black Americans? I see so much divide right now that I don't even fucking want to associate myself with any of it. I am appalled by the way that we are conducting ourselves as black Americans I am appalled by half the shit that I see on the internet, on the media. I am appalled to sit here and be like, I'm trying to fight for my homies and y'all fucking out here literally acting as ignorant as you possibly can. Acting, I literally, I read something that I don't want to, it was like either the Bronx or wherever, somewhere in New York, I forget exactly, it's one of the boroughs that said they don't want no white people in that in the borough, in the boroughs. Why? Because you're bitter? I'm so sick of seeing this same nonsense over and over again that, oh, white people must pay. White people did it. Like, bro, I have the best white friends. That's it. If you were to tell me I had to pick and choose a side, I picked the human side, bro. We're Americans all the way through and through. I don't represent African Americans. I represent black Americans. I am black in America. That's it. And if you treat me with respect, you're going to get respect. You want to build a community together, we're going to do it together. Because you know what's going to actually make a fucking difference if we start rebuilding our communities, rebuilding the way we do things. There are actual things that are stopping on a, on a, on a, on a, um, on a, like on a justice system level, on a, like a government level, um, or political level that needs to change, that things need to be put in place for that to happen. But there is nothing stopping us from progressing forward. Listen, I follow a lot of people, law enforcement, Black Lives Matter movement, people, um, uh, different different avenues, um, painting different pictures. But what I see all across the board is the complete opposite of where the fuck I want to live. The complete opposite. I don't want to be surrounded by violence. I do not ever, ever, ever in my entire life want to step back and be like, yeah, I'm going to let my neighbors protect me. Listen. 
People are selfish. At the end of the day, they're going to look out for themselves first and foremost. If it came down to it, their life over your life. No, I do not want that. I don't. I don't trust nobody as it is. You think I'm going to have public safety? Let my neighborhood watch be on patrol and, and take care of shit? I'm sorry. I can't trust it. People are taking advantage of the system. People are taking advantage of the, of the peaceful protest. People are taking advantage of literally every moment they get to, com- to completely um, demonize what it is that we say we want. We want change, right? But doing the complete opposite of what change looks like. And if you're not that person, don't sit here and get your feelings butthurt, Okay. If you're not the person, you know who you are. You stay true to you. This is my truth. This is my truth. I'm going to give you some statistics for those people out there that say that we feel oppressed. I don't feel oppressed. My personal truth. 573.6 million dollars are spent annually in the black communities on beauty and grooming. 63% of blacks spend money at Saks Fifth Avenue, 45% on Neiman Marcus, 24% at Bloomingdale's. In 2010, us as black Americans had $961 billion when it came to spending power. You fast forward 2018, the last consensus, we had accumulated $1.3 trillion in spending power. $1.3 trillion. You ain't got no money? Hmm. trillion dollars, and as a minority, I mean, $1.3 trillion, and as a minority whole, including uh, Native Americans, Hispanics, we have close to $4 trillion in spending power in the consumer market. $4 trillion. Where's that money going? What's it being put to? The ability to build wealth depends on the degree in which we control our spending. Plain and simple, a lot of my friends that I knew growing up in high school have the freshest J's, every fucking diamond chain you could possibly think of because the media portrays this persona that we need to have it as black community, as, as black men or even black women that we need to look a certain way, fit a certain image. And listen to me, this is why it's important. And this is why I'm saying to speak your truth. What do you want? What do you feel despite the outside circumstances? What do you want to see happen and develop? And why is it that we cannot stay true to that and we consistently allow the media to fucking point us in a direction that is not moving us forward as a people? What is it going to take to fucking turn off the TV and stop fucking trying to idolize this culture that we do not have. Don't be making fucking 20000 a year, spending 40000 a year. For what? 
For what? There's been a race, a uh, form of racial control within the government, and I'm now we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna discuss a little bit about the justice system because there has been a form of racial control within the government. Open violence and discrimination was replaced by quote law and order and the war on crime. End quote. The war on drugs actually targeted communities of color. For example, the sentencing, the sentencing disparities for crack cocaine amongst um, the black communities versus cocaine, like pure powder cocaine, was a lesser charge because it was it was seen as uh, what's the word like sophisticated amongst the whites. The idea that being tough on crime it became a uh, political vendetta, and it was a strategy that was. Ultimately fueled by racial bias, claiming that black Amer- claiming black Americans um, as uh, quote and not even joking super predators and labeling them as criminals, violent, etc. You know, in nineteen in nineteen ninety four, there was a there was a crime bill that was issued to provide financial incentives to expand prisons to fill them up, so that way we they can make money off of getting people into these prisons. And in um, 1970, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, in 1970, there were 357,292 inmates. Fast forward to 2016, 2.3 million incarcerated. The U.S., uh, currently imprisons 25% of the world's population and a third or one in every three is a black male. There's a problem with that because that in turn starts to tear apart families, not having the male counterpart or the father figure in, um, in, uh, in the home. Granted, there are going to be some people out there that are ignorant to the idea like, oh, maybe they shouldn't be doing blah, blah. It's like, that's not the point. I get it. There are people that do crime. There are also people that are in jail for majority of their life over something as fucking petty as having a, a gram of crack. You know? And it's disproportionately... It's disproportionately um, unfair uh, when it comes to um, when it comes to the black community, poor communities, people of color. Um, there's been an apparent injustice when it comes to police brutality, and that was co-signed by the government. You know, the the financial ties from corporation to lawmakers for the past forty years, maybe even further. You know, there's just this 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 idea that people think that um, it's not it's not apparent. Like you just read the rules, read the laws, read the fine print, find out what it is that you're voting on. Look at what it is that is completely astronomical, like amount of numbers, the amount of people that are incarcerated. There's a call to humanize. That's what this is. There's a call to humanize, to view mass incarceration as a moral crisis and change 
the way the United States views human dignity and take necessary action to stand for racial justice. It's apparent that it, it, it is happening in the United States. It's again, speaking my truth. Just because it doesn't necessarily happen to me or happen to you, yes, I understand that it's there. I'm not dismissing that fact. I felt helpless, inspired, and stirred to action by everything that has been going on. You know, how about you? The questions that we should be asking ourselves now, what are ways that we can end this? You know, how can we be more vigilant against institutional racism? These are the questions that I leave you with here today. And I want you to understand something. You need to find your truth. Find something that you believe in and fight for it to the fucking death. And if you feel that you need to do something, then do something. I do not agree saying silence is violence because you may be dealing with something at home and you don't need to publicly voice it to everyone else. So fucking do what you know you need to do and do what is right. My take is this. Change starts at home. And it is your responsibility as an American, as an individual, as a human being to fucking cut that shit out immediately. It starts at home. It starts at home. And I truly believe that. We need to change the narrative. We need to find ways to make people feel comfortable about who they are. Black and white. And we need to fucking start calling people out on their bullshit. Calling racists out on their bullshit. We are all Americans. We are all humans. We are the human race. All this hate. All this jealousy. All this anger, regret. You know, I think that it's very important that all this is happening because it starts to fucking shine the light on some motherfuckers that have been hiding in the dark for so long. And you know what? It's about to get really real. And you do your part. And it starts by doing it with one person. Not by posting on your fucking social media and think you're being an activist or something. Do something. In real life. Share this fucking podcast. If you resonated with it, if it's something that you don't know how to talk about and you need somebody to listen to it and maybe it can give them some insight, then you give them this fucking podcast. Give them something. Educate yourselves on what's going on. Don't just follow the fucking herd and be a sheep. Do some actual research. Find your truth and speak your truth. And don't let anybody ever fucking take that away from you. Thank you. I love each and every one of you guys. And I hope that you have a beautiful Monday. Listen, we can continue this conversation through DM, email, whatever you want. You can follow me on all social media platforms, M-A-E-L-K-U-H-M, or even at the Monday Hustle. I hope you found 
this to be insightful, inspiring. Maybe it pissed you off. Maybe it rubbed you the wrong way. But you know what? It's my truth and I stick by it. Peace out, y'all.